The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, everyone. Glad to have you with us today. If you're watching online, uh, welcome to Coastal. Uh, Great to have you with us uh, as well. Um, Hey, there's a couple of things I wanted to highlight as well today that are inside your bulletin. Uh, Well, first of all, hey, happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Uh, Glad those of you who uh, don't have a hangover are here this morning. (laughs) I know, I know. Hey, I tell people, seriously, if you want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, uh, come to church. Uh, that's, I mean, Saint, you know, Patrick was neither a saint nor Irish. Uh, he actually uh, was from Great Britain, uh, was one of the greatest missionaries who ever lived, and uh, helped to reach uh, and spread Christianity uh, in, the, in the nation of uh, Ireland, and um, actually planted almost uh, 700 churches, trained thousands of pastors, and uh, just a great, uh, great missionary, great church planter. Uh, so one of the best things you could do to honor someone like that is to come to church. So I'm glad you guys are doing that. Glad that you're here. Uh, welcome. Um, hey, a couple of things I want to highlight. Um, and we have a newcomers uh, lunch coming up, newcomers reception. And uh, on the back of your Connect card, the Connect card that Ryan mentioned, uh, there in the, uh, the middle there, my next step today, uh, RSVP for our newcomers reception. Uh, it's the last Sunday of this month, 331, immediately after the 1115 service, number of kids, we provide pizza. It's about 35, 40 minute long meeting. Um, I, I get to share a little bit about my story, the story of our church. You get to meet other new people, meet our staff, meet some key volunteers. And it's just a great way to kind of take a um, a next step here at Coastal. And so we have a lot of new people, and we usually have a, a good, uh, good-sized meeting for that good turnout. So if you're interested in coming, we would love for you to sign up, so check that. The other thing that I want to highlight today is another little uh, small insert inside your bulletin. It says, very simply, join the prayer team. Join the prayer team. We have a great prayer team here at Coastal, uh, as Ryan mentioned uh, earlier. Uh, But one of the things specifically that a number of people from our prayer team do is pray with people at the end of our services, at the end of my message. Uh, We call it the prayer and decision area. And if you're interested in being a part of that team as well, on the back of your Connect card, it simply says... I would like to join the prayer team. So if you're interested in that, uh, let us know. I mean, it's so powerful and yet so simple and yet so impactful. I mean, one of the things we get to share with people is very simply, can I pray? how can I pray for you today? You know, people come back to the prayer and decision area and um, just have a lot of burdens, like whether it's uh, personal or family or financial or, you know, whatever it is. And we're just here to be able to pray with people. And so if you have a passion for prayer and uh, you believe in the power of prayer and, um, you know, you, you feel comfortable praying with folks, uh, let us know. We'd love for you to be a part of that team. Uh, we're going to be highlighting all of our ministries uh, coming up soon at our ministry fair. And I believe that's inside the bulletin as well. So I'm excited. Today we begin a brand new series called uh, Be the Church. Be the church. So years ago uh, here at Coastal, uh, we actually uh, uh, did a a new shirt, a t-shirt that we gave away. And on the front, it said, don't just what? Yes, right. Don't just go to church. And on the back, it says what? Be the church. I I saw Patty DeVry. She's actually sporting. There she is. There she is. Everybody look at Patty right over there. She's sporting the shirt. You know, there's no green, so let's pinch her. She's a redhead, so maybe she gets past that. I don't know. Anyway, um, well, um, and, and that kind of became a saying around here. You know, don't just go to church. We, we are the church. We, uh, we are the church, and that's kind of what this series is all about. It's about being the church. Now, 
I believe that the church is the most influential, countercultural, and enduring organization that's ever existed in, in all of human history. And uh, during this series, I'm going to share why I believe that. And why I believe that the church is still important today, 2019, still relevant today. And we're going to talk about some of the distinctives of the church and of our church in particular. And why Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for it. And my hope is, is that at the end of this series, as we're leading up to Easter, you personally are going to have a greater love for the local church and a greater commitment to the church. And let me just say this, one of the things that I'd like to see happen uh, at the end of this series, pull out your Connect card again, on the back of your Connect card, um, right underneath I will join the prayer team, sign me up for the membership class on Saturday, April 13th, uh, 9 a.m. to noon, child care needed, we provide it. Um, I want you to become a member of Coastal. I want you to move from saying, well, you know, that's your church, Pastor Chris, or their church, to saying what? Anybody know? It's my church. My church. And I, I want you to, uh, to consider um, formalizing your commitment uh, to Coastal and signing up for our membership class coming up right before Easter Sunday. So, the church has been around for a very, very long time. Almost 2,000 years. And that got me to thinking, what is the oldest church that's been in existence continually in the United States? It's actually in St. Augustine, Florida. It's the Cathedral Basilica going all the way back to 1565. How many of you know, how many of you Charlestonians know the oldest church in Charleston? Any guesses? Well, it actually depends on how you define church, interestingly enough. The oldest church building in Charleston is St. Michael's, being built between 1752 and 1761. But its history is rooted in St. Philip's, the oldest congregation which was formed by the Charlestown colonists and actually had a small wooden structure on the current site of St. Michael's. And in 1751, the congregation of St. Philip's divided, split, and formed St. Michael's. And then, of course, there's the Circular Congregational Church, whose congregation was also formed by the original Charlestown colonists and settlers around 1681. Whew! But I will let the blue-haired ladies at those churches and the carriage tour guides fight that one out, okay? Well, that's an argument for another day. Now, our church, Coastal Community Church, is very young in comparison. We mark our beginning date on Easter Sunday, 1990. That's when we started having weekly services here at Coastal. So that means that on Easter Sunday in five weeks, we're going to be celebrating our what? 29th anniversary. 29th anniversary as a church. And that's, and that's exciting, and that is, you know. But at 29 years old, we're still a relatively young church, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're just getting started when you look at how, how long the church has been around. And I don't mean the church in Charleston. You see, what I want you to see in this series is that we are a part of something even bigger. The church was established around 30 AD, the year of, of, of the crucifixion, resurrection, when Jesus ascended into heaven. That's when Jesus established the church. That's when the day of Pentecost occurred. Now, and that's why I'm excited about this series. Because our church, Coastal Community Church, we are standing on the shoulders of Jesus and 2,000 years of church history. 
Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 18, talking about the church. I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, sometimes people misread that verse to mean that the church, we're actually, you know, kind of cowering on the defense, and that in this world, we just take a beating. I mean, the church just takes a beating, and, and, and in the end, though, we, we ultimately can't get beat down completely, and we finally make it limping our way into heaven. Listen, that's not it at all. In fact, in the original Greek language, what this verse is saying actually is that the church is on the offense, that, that we are on the move and all the powers of hell will not be able to withstand the power and the glory and the majesty and the onslaught of the church. In fact, the message paraphrases this verse this way. I love it. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to what? Keep it out. Keep it out. Don't you see? We, we're the ones that are beating down the gates of hell. We are the ones that are rescuing people one life at a time. And no one, not even Satan, can defeat the church. The church is the vehicle that God chose to bring his love to a hurt, broken, and lost world. The church is that important. And so, for 2,000 years, the church has been the hope of the world. We are the hope of the world. That's what Jesus is saying. Why? Why? Because the church gives me hope for my future, hope for my family, hope for my friends. It gives me hope for my future because I receive salvation. I have a home in heaven, and the church is what helped me to bring that connection to God. I have hope for what I have hope for my family. Because my family now has had a place to grow in our faith, to be supported and prayed for and encouraged by other people. I have hope for my friends because I've got a great place to bring people who don't know Jesus yet. And that's why once you say yes to Jesus, once you become a Christian, you, become, uh, you, you get saved, you receive salvation, there is this natural in inclination to want to be a part of a local church family. Now... The church is not a building. It is not. Now, a building is just a tool. That's all it is. Now, it's a great tool. You know, it enables us to, to keep growing, to keep reaching people. You know, a, a church is a gathering place. It's a, it's a training center. It's a launching pad. The church is the people who make up that church. The church is a family. Now, I love the church. I do. I love the church. The church gives me hope. But more than that, and I really believe this with all of my heart, the church is the hope of the world. Because what's broken with the world, listen folks, it's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. Now, think about it. Things are just now, I mean, just barely starting to, you know, to heat up a little bit for the 2020 election. And my guess is, and I bet I'm right, it is not going to be pretty. I mean, from what we see and what we hear and the news and the media, it is going to be mean and it is going to be ugly. But you need to understand something. Politics 
is not the hope of the world. It's not the hope of this country. Politics cannot fix fix what is broken because what is broken ultimately is not a political problem. You know, here in Charleston, we've been fortunate, you know, lately, and there's been a lot of articles written about all the incredible corporations and businesses, you know, that they're trying to attract to Charleston, and that's great. I mean, that's wonderful. They can do some incredible things, provide jobs, but listen to me. No company, no business can fix what is broken, because what is broken is not a business problem. Now, our church right now, we are offering uh, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. And I believe in that stuff. I think it's great. In fact, we have one of the largest groups uh, we've ever had here at Coastal. It meets on Sunday night. And again, it's awesome. But you need to hear this loud and clear. Even Dave Ramsey ultimately cannot fix what is broken here. Because what is broken is not a financial problem. Jesus is the hope of the world because what is broken with you and me, what is broken in our country, and what is broken in this world is a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. And the church, you and I, we are God's only hope to show his love to a broken world. I believe that. And I want you to understand that. And that's what this series is going to be about. We're Today, I want us to look at three reasons why that's true. Three reasons why the church really is the hope of the world and how our church, Coastal Community Church, is a part of that. So if you're taking notes, here's number one. The church's founder is the resurrected Christ. The resurrected Christ. You know, a lot of times when we think of great organizations, great businesses, you know, we, we think of dynamic founders, Absolutely, that's great. You know, we think of Walmart, we think of Sam Walton, we think of Apple, we think of Steve Jobs, Ford Motor Company, Henry Ford, and we admire, we idolize these people, we write books about them, we study them, there's movies about them, but the church is not led by an individual. It's not led by a pastor, it's not led by a board of trustees, it's not led by its members. The church is led by its leader, its founder, who is still alive today, by the way, Jesus Christ. The the risen Savior. And now listen to me. As big of an impact as Steve Jobs or Sam Walton or Henry Ford may have made in history, they have made nowhere near the impact that Jesus has made on the history of the world. The founder of the church, Jesus Christ, has impacted history more than any other person. And his resurrection that we are going to celebrate five weeks from now on Easter Sunday. By the way, a resurrection that was witnessed by hundreds of people. A a resurrection that was was written down in, in human history. That resurrection has impacted history far more than any other event in the history of the world, period. Now, let's back it up just a little bit. And I want to give you a little context on that verse there in Matthew 16, verse 18. Let's go back to verse 13. Listen to this. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And then he asked them this, but who do you say I am? Now stop right there, because that is the most important question that you are ever going to be asked. It is the most important question that that you will answer, 
And it's the question that you, that you, have, to, you have to come to terms with. That, you, know, you know, not sure or I don't know or I don't want to deal with it is, is not correct. Who do you say that Jesus is? Because how you answer that question is going to determine the quality of your life going forward. And it will determine where you spend your eternity. I've said this many times here at Coastal. The death rate here in our country still hovers right around 100%. We're all going to die. We're all going to stand before God. Who do you say Jesus is? So Jesus asked them this most important question. And of course, Peter, the disciple who always speaks up first, he jumps right in. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. In other words, yes, Peter, you got it right. Absolutely. And then verse 18, now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now stop there again for a moment. Some people have also misinterpreted this last verse to mean that Peter is the rock upon which Jesus is going to build his church. But let me tell you, that's not true. That's not. The rock on which Jesus builds his church is not Peter himself, it's Peter's confession of who Jesus is. you got to see that. The church of Jesus Christ is not founded or built on any one person, but it's built on that confession that Peter made that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the son of the living God. And when he got that right, that acknowledgement of who Jesus is, that's the rock. That's the foundation on which the church is built. So understand something. Sure, I am the pastor here at Coastal Community Church, and God has given me the responsibility to help lead and shepherd this church. But I am in no way the head of this church. No pastor is, no person is, Jesus is. He is the foundation. Now, I've heard some people say over the years, maybe you've heard something like this, you know, Pastor Chris, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. You ever, ever heard that? Ever said that? Heard some variation of that? Some of you might have felt that way, maybe at some point in your life, maybe before you attended Coastal. The problem with that attitude, however, though, is that in the Bible, Jesus says, listen to this, Jesus says that the church is the bride, is his bride. It's that important to Jesus. So, you know, saying, well, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. That'd be like you coming up to me going, hey, Pastor Chris, I like you, but I can't stand your wife, Janet. I mean, she's just a hot mess. She's mean. She's nasty. I just don't like her. You know, I mean, would that be okay? Do you think that would be okay with me? It would not. Because if you think that way about my wife, we're not going to be friends. We're not going to hang out. Now, the church is not perfect. The church is not perfect. It, it never has been. It never will be. Because the church is made up of who? You and me. Flawed, imperfect people. 
We are the imperfect reflection of the perfect Jesus Christ. But when the church is working right, doing what it's supposed to do, it is a wonderful, beautiful, majestic thing. Lives are being changed. And we get to be a part of that. And listen, if you're a Christian, don't miss this. You can't truly love Jesus until you love his people and you love the church, the bride that he died for. So be careful how you speak about the church. And again, your commitment to the church is important. Because you're talking about the bride of Christ. In fact, I want to I issue you a couple of challenges today. Again, one is, at the end of this series, I want you to formalize your commitment to the local church. But here's another commitment I want you to make. I want to encourage you to pray for your church. We're calling this, and this is what I want you to take, the Be the Church Prayer Challenge between now and Easter Sunday. In fact, a lot of you have already signed up. We have over 200 plus adults that are praying and fasting. So I'm just adding one little thing to those of you who are doing that, but for everybody, I want you to take this challenge. In fact, if you will, take out your Connect card. Uh, it says this, at the very last next step today, I will take the Be the Church prayer challenge and pray for Coastal every day leading up to Easter. Will you do that? See, I really believe in the power of prayer. And I believe Jesus is correct that we are in the spiritual battle with the powers of hell. And there are people who need to be rescued. And Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you need to be praying. We need to be praying for our church. And so make it a point every day to pray for our staff, to pray for our pastors, to pray for our members, to pray for our ministries, to pray for our outreach, and to pray for me. Will you do that? I hope you will. I hope you'll take that challenge and pray for our church every day. So the church is the hope of the world because Jesus is its founder. Here's another reason the church is the hope of the world. Number two, the church's foundation is eternally solid. Eternally solid. The church is the only organization in the world that will last forever until the end of time. In fact, some of you might be familiar with this. It's there on your outline. It'll be on the screen in just a minute. It's the Apostles' Creed. Now, it's a very early statement of the Christian faith. It's a creed, a statement. In fact, it dates all the way back to the second century. In fact, some of you, depending on the church that you grew up in, you might have grown up repeating the Apostles' Creed in church. Now, you need to understand something, though. The Apostles' Creed is not Scripture. It's not the Bible. It is a summary of Scripture. And it has been important to the Christian faith throughout the centuries. Now, look at how it summarizes some of the most important parts of our faith. It begins this way. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And then it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice the next two lines. I put them in bold. The Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Now, I want you to see, first of all, that the beginning of the creed, it talks about God, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And then right after that, though, it talks about the importance and the centrality of the church. And it concludes, again, I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. 
And so from the very beginning of the faith, it was understood that the church was a central part of being a Christ follower. Now let me explain for a moment what the creed is saying here. Now if you go back to the part that I put in bold, I want you to circle the word Catholic. Catholic, because sometimes there's some misunderstanding here. The word Catholic does not mean the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church didn't exist at the time this creed was written. In fact, you see, when you see the word Catholic with a capital C, it refers to the Roman Catholic Church. Catholic with a capital C, but Catholic with a little c is interpreted from the Latin, and it means universal. So here it's not saying, I believe in the Roman Catholic Church. It's saying, I believe in the universal church. In other words, I believe that every church that has as its foundation the statement of belief that Peter said, that Peter is the Messiah, I mean, excuse me, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the son of the living God, that every church that has that as its its foundation is a part of the universal church. And so guess what? Coastal is a part of the universal church with all the other churches throughout history around the world that believe in Jesus, that believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then below that it says, the communion of saints. That's referring to every follower of Jesus that is alive today and has gone on before us and is now in heaven. They're a part of this church. We're a part of the church together. And what I want you to see is that this local church... Coastal Community Church, and you, you personally as an individual follower of Jesus, you're a part of something much bigger than just yourself. You see, the church is made up of of billions of believers who are alive today and who have gone on before. And and by being a part of Coastal, you're, you're a part of something big and eternal and significant. Here's the point. The foundation of the church is eternal because the church is going to last forever until the end of time. By the way, do you know what, uh, what the, one of the oldest companies in the world is and now actually has its base here in the United States and typically we have some of their products here on the stage? Anybody can guess? It's a company called Avitas Zildjian. Anybody know what they make? They're the largest cymbal manufacturer in the world. They make all kinds of drum-related products. They were founded actually in Constantinople, or what is now modern-day Istanbul, Turkey, in, in the 1600s. They've been making drum products, cymbals, drum products, for over 400 years. Their, their, their company now is located here in the United States. But guess what? The church of Jesus Christ. We have been changing lives and turning the world upside down for 2,000 years. That's how significant and eternal it is. And by the way, another reason the church is eternally solid is because we are founded on the Word of God. We are founded on the Word of God. Everything else about this world is going to fade away. But God's word, the Bible, it has passed the test of time and it's going to last forever. 
And that's why when someone comes to me and uh, they're, they're, you know, maybe they've moved away or something and they're asking me, you know, what kind of church should they look for? What, what should they be on the lookout for? The very first thing I tell them is that you need to find a church that believes the Word of God and teaches it. And that's why here at Coastal, every Sunday, we teach, we teach the Word of God. It's our standard. It's the ultimate truth by which we base our lives. It's not opinion. It's not the passing fads. It's not what's popular in our culture today. It's the Word of God. We look to it for direction. And every single Sunday, I stand up here and we try to apply God's Word, the Bible, in practical and relevant ways so that we can grow in our faith and become more and more like Jesus. Listen, this is what the church has been doing from the very beginning. You know, go to the book of Acts, the history of the first church, the early church. Acts 2.42, it says this. They joined with the other believers and they devoted themselves to what? What's it say? To the apostles' teaching, the word of God. To fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper, communion, and prayer. Don't you see? We've been doing that for 2,000 years. The church is eternally solid. And there's so many reasons we could look at. I just want to mention just three this morning. But finally, there's another reason that I believe the church is the hope of the world. It's our focus. The church's focus is to reach a lost world. We're to reach a lost world. You know, if you think about it, the church is the only organization that exists primarily for those people who are not yet members. I mean, companies and businesses, they exist to, you know, make a profit for their shareholders. Uh, they're, they're inwardly focused, you know, unashamedly so. Think about nations and states. Nations exist for the well-being and the benefit of its citizens. That's why they exist. But the church, we're the hope of the world. The church exists, and its primary mission is to make a difference outside of its walls, Outside of its membership, to be relentlessly outwardly focused, to relentlessly love those people who are still on the outside. In fact, this is one of the main reasons why Jesus was so hated. You know, why he took a beating, why he was crucified, is because he was always reaching out to those who were on the outside, to those who were lost, and the religious leaders couldn't stand him for it. I mean, they'd accuse him over and over again. Jesus, why are you hanging out with such scum, they would say. Sinners. And by the way, that is still, in 2019, one of the greatest temptations of the local church. You know, to, to, to get us to say, hey, you know, let's just kind of huddle up together. Let's just take care of ourselves and worry about us and, you know, not worry about anybody else because, man, it's bad out there. You know, we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. It's us against them. Look at Luke 5, 31 and 32, what Jesus had to say. Healthy people, this is about why he came. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to what? Call sinners to turn from their sins. Not to spend my time with those who think they're already good enough. See, here's what you got to understand. Once you're saved, once you're involved and committed to the local church, it's no longer about you. It's not. 
The mission of the church is not primarily about you and your needs and your preferences and your wants and your desires. It's about reaching a lost and a broken world with the love of Jesus. The church is not a congregation of saints. We are a hospital for sinners. We are a place where where imperfect people, broken people can come and experience the perfect, amazing love of God, where broken lives can be mended, where the desires, are, the true desires of their soul can be filled. Coastal, we exist to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. That's our mission. That's why we do what we do. I, I said it a few weeks ago, the church isn't a cruise ship. You know, you're, we're not a bunch of cruisers. We're not here to, to cater to all your wants and needs. You know, we're not to give you unlimited supply of free ice cream. We're not a cruise ship. Although we give you plenty of food here for free. And some of you still complain about that. Oh my goodness. We're not a cruise ship. That's not about you. This is a battleship. And we're on a mission. And so God has placed our church, he's placed our church in this community right here, right now, so that we can reach lost people, so that lost people can receive salvation, so that the people in this city, so they can know God, so they can experience the hope that we already have. Listen, that's why we're talking about Easter like months out. That's why over the next several weeks, you're going to be given tickets and yard signs and postcards. Listen, We're not giving you all that stuff so that you can just have a nice reminder on your refrigerator about when the five Easter services are. We give you those things as tools because we want you to invite your friends, your family neighbors, your neighbors, your coworkers, people you care about that you know that don't have a personal relationship with Jesus are not yet connected to his church. Listen, Guess what? That's why we serve our community on Saturday Serve. That's why we're involved at that little elementary school across the street. That's why we do student ministry. That's why kids are getting baptized here. That's why we teach kids at Coastal Community Church. That's why we ask you to park far, far away. That's why we keep adding services, and we're going to add another one. And that's why we ask you to serve here on Sunday morning. And by the way, that's also why we ask you to give and to give generously. That's why we're going to build another building, and we're going to keep growing and keep reaching people because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about this world that is broken without Jesus. And you either believe that or you don't. It's about people who are not yet connected to him. We don't just go to church coastal. We what? We are the church. And listen, maybe, maybe you are here today. Maybe you're watching online. And you feel like you're kind of on the outside of God's family looking in. Maybe today you've heard what the church is really all about. Maybe for the very first time. And it excites you. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never invited him into your life. But today as I have spoken, there is something that resonates with you. There's something that's beating faster in your heart. Let me tell you why it resonated. Let me tell you why your heart might be beating faster. You see, God has prepared a place for you in his family from the time before you were born. 
And he's been waiting for you to come home your entire life. You are not here by accident today. You were meant to be here. This is the place you were supposed to be. God loves you. And he wants you to turn to him today. And if you've been coming to Coastal and you've been kicking the tires and you're not all in and you know it, it's time to go all in. For those of you who are ready to come home to Jesus and to his family, I want to step you through that right now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let this be a time right now between you and God. And listen, as we pray, if you're here right now and you're not a follower of Jesus and you haven't made things right with God, I want to challenge you today, right here, right now, if you're watching online, make things right with God now. You know, The truth is, and you need to hear this, there's nothing you really have to do because Jesus has already done it all on the cross and through his resurrection. But you've got to receive that gift. Just cry out to the Lord in your heart. Say something like this. Jesus, I do. I need you. I need you. I I believe in you. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. When you pray that prayer, he will come into your life. He will fill up the emptiness that is within. He'll give you a home in heaven. That is his promise. Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you for the bride of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you died for us, that you died for your church. And God, we confess that we are imperfect. Forgive us where we stumble and fall. But God, I pray for our church that you would still use us in a powerful, powerful way. And I pray for the universal church. We're still the hope of the world. God, and may your church and your people rise up because what is broken in this world It's not political, it's not financial, it's spiritual. God, today we pray for the people of New Zealand. You know, God, it ought to be that any group of people should be able to gather together in freedom without worry or concern. I pray for those who have lost family members and loved ones. May your people, may your church rise up and love like never before. God, we are the hope of the world. God, as as imperfect as we are, use us. Use us in a powerful way. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.